0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
1: Just to give you a heads up, one of us is bound to say something not suitable for little ears.
2: Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, January 6th. The, hey, how are you, edition i'm zach rosen i host the best advice show a very short podcast in which i feature your best advice i live in detroit with my family my daughter noah is four and my son Ami is one
3: i'm jamila lemieux a writer a contributor to slate's care and feeding parenting column and mom to naima who is eight and we live in los angeles california
1: I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles Henry, who's nine, Oliver, who's seven, and Teddy, who's five. And we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado.
2: On today's show, we ponder the perfect way for a stepmom to greet her non affectionate stepdaughter. Can she respect her stepdaughter's boundaries and still make her feel welcome? Then, what do you do when your non medically complex child wishes she spent more time at the doctor because she sees her siblings? getting lots of extra toys and attention. And on Slate Plus, we are emerging from this holiday season into the never-ending month of January, craving normalcy. But do we even know what that is anymore? Find out about how the three of us are handling the transition. Before we get started doling out advice, we wanted to share a letter from a 17-year-old listener who had some thoughts about our Snoopy phone episode.
1: Dear Mom and Dad, I'm 17, and I recently listened to the Snoopy Phone Edition again, and I have some thoughts. I am, perhaps surprisingly, definitely a proponent of parents checking their kids' phones if they feel it's necessary, but on two conditions. Firstly, your child and anyone who texts them has the right to know you are looking at their phone, and not just in an abstract sense. Kids, like adults, tell each other things over text that are meant to stay between them. Kids come out to each other over text, complain about their teacher over text, and divulge secrets over text. Every teenager deserves to know that their best friend's parent, and by extension, possibly their own, is also going to read those texts. Secondly, and perhaps less importantly, motivation matters. I feel the mother in this letter is not acting out of concern for her daughter, but rather Mm -hmm. a desire to be in the know and maybe get some juicy gossip. As a lover of juicy gossip, I totally understand this, but a desire to be in the know is not a reason for a parent to read their kids' texts. As juicy as the gossip is, and as much as I would like to read the letter writer's daughter's text with this boy, too, I think she should leave it alone. Also, never tell her daughter she did this, because the child will become very door slammy.
2: Uh, That's an amazing letter from what sounds like an incredible person. I love the 17-year-old. Thanks for Writing in, I wow. love
3: you. You're amazing. You're such <laughs> yeah. a great writer. And you're on you're on the right side. Damn it. You understand that like sometimes the parents got to do what we got to do. We're not trying to ruin your lives. We just want to keep you safe. So thank you for understanding that. And I I like these conditions. I think these are fair. And I, as a parent, can agree to them. I'm not going to look at the phone just to be petty, to see what you said about me or, you know, if there's some juicy gossip or some tea going on that she may be privy to. I'm going to look at the phone because I think I need to. And the child should know that at any time I might look at your phone. So, perfect. You solved the problem. Agreed.
1: Perfect. (laughs) Perfect.
2: Yeah, this, this letter seems like a plant written by one of you two, but I think it's actually real. <laughs> this is impressive. Uh, thank you to our actual 17-year-old listener for writing in. And if you want to go back and listen to the original letter and our advice, we'll include a link in the show notes. Okay, let's get on with the show. And we know you've been dying to know if we're starting out 2022 with a triumph or fail. Let's find out. Hopefully it isn't an omen for the year to come. Elizabeth, what have you got?
1: I I allowed over Christmas some things to come into the house, which are now like additional burdens to me, Uh um, but particularly... Oliver asked for a worm bin for Christmas, which he has um, at his homeschool program. And it is an indoor composting option where you have these worms in this bin and you feed it your food scraps and they eat about a pound of food a day if you have enough worms. We've kind of toyed with actually having a worm bin in Florida because you could keep it outside year round. Well, here you cannot. They would have to be inside. So he asked for this and a live cat. Um, So we were like, okay, okay worm bin it is so the bin arrives and I don't open it because it's like perfect in this box and I thought okay great I'll just wrap it up like who has time to check everything in the box so I give it to him he's so excited he wants to put it right together Jeff opens it up and it is like the bin is smashed we cannot use it so we go online and we like return it they're like Great. Now thankfully, um, the worms do not ship in this same box. But I knew he would want the worms, so I had ordered the worms. So I'm trying to get in touch with the worm company, like, hey, our, our bin is smashed, it's coming, and due to supply chain issues, like we can't get it for a few days. And what shows up the next day? Thousands of worms. Oh my god. And because they heard that our worm oh, bin no. had smashed, they threw in some extra worms. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Which no. is the nicest thing, except that I don't have a bin to put these in. So now I'm like on the phone with the worm company. This is uncle Jim's worm farm. And they are the nicest people ever. They're like telling me how to turn a Tupperware bit, like a giant, um, what would you call them? Rubbermaid bin into a temporary Mm -hmm. worm farm. And the kids are like dumping worms out and the worms are crawling around my kitchen. (laughs) I'm like, this is a nightmare. Um, So I get it all, all figured out. And yesterday the real worm bin arrived. So I've been basically just trying to keep them alive. They were like, don't give them any real food. Just use this little worm food. Just try to keep them alive till the worm bin comes. I'm like, okay, now I have to move the dirt with like a thousand worms in them into this worm bin. <laughs> and my kids love worms and I don't mind them, but I'm not like at the sensation of them crawling on my hands is like too much. So I have like gloves on and I'm trying to you know move them and the kids are like picking them up and looking at them okay they're all now in my kitchen they're eating food oh, they're all no, very happy no, no, um, no, no. but i have a thousand no. like a th- over a thousand is, no is it really
2: like a Oh yes no. oh, oh my yes. god
1: thousands of worms in this dirt they are today they ate all of our they're eating all of our breakfast scraps like all the fruit peels and everything from breakfast and turning them into good soil for my plants, So I'm excited about that. That's cool. I'm being greener, but I have a thousand worms in my house. I also have to no. tell you that my parents no. bought the same child, a robotic cat, like one of the ones for old <laughs> people. So, so I gained, wait, they make robotic cats for old people? Oh yes. Yes. This should have just been, they make these robotic cats and they're designed for nursing homes to hold. And they, they open and close their eyes and mm. responds to your petting. And they meow. Uh, he opened it and he was like, this is better than a real cat. I don't have to feed it. I don't have to clean up after it. Oh. And I can still hear it, you know, meowing all over the house. <laughs> it does have an off switch. But yes, this is how...
3: Christmas at the new camps, worms. We got a fish.
1: We got a lot of
2: new family and members. And a robotic cat. Wow.
3: I like had such a fear of worms when I was little. Like first grade, my bully used worms to torment me. Like he knew that was my soft oh. spot. Like I like when I was a kid, I would cry like I would freak out. And it rained a lot. I mean, maybe it didn't rain yes. a lot. Maybe it just rains in normal places, like not Southern California. But like I remember there regularly being worms to terrify me and like Griffith's, this
1: is not an activity for you. My
3: <laughs> nightmare come it's alive an
1: activity for me. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, Jeff did find one on the floor And he was like no. It's gonna come to get us And I'm like No they live They're on a different Like Like, it'll die Before oh. it gets upstairs uh, The worm bin is very pretty though I will say that It's very cute And nobody will ever have to know There's worms in it Except for me And now all of you But uh,
2: I, w- I would like to see I it would not this. Maybe we can include that
1: <laughs> It'll make you think When you go to other people's homes Because it looks kind of Like a coffee table Oh my god <laughs>
2: No Jamila how about you? Any new pets? No,
3: no new pets, (laughs) uh, thankfully. My triumph for today is that uh, I made a pot of greens this morning. I've already made them. Um, It is this sort of small victory that I'm measuring the quality of my life by these days because COVID is taking everything from me. Once again, it took our holiday trip. We were supposed to go to Chicago and we didn't. So I had to like decide if I like, which half of the family would be upset with me, the family that's like, you should not take this trip or the family that's like, we really want to see you. And so I, you know, I had to choose that, that branch to, whip on the family tree i guess to to disappoint and um uh, make sad and yeah so now i'm i make greens this is what i do this is my joy in this world now
2: what kind of greens? um
3: so i did it's like a mixture i got them from trader joe's um you know i feel like this is some sort of like uh, black woman. I don't know, man. No, things don't have to be hard for us. Fuck that. I'm like, I know I should have gone somewhere to some small market or somewhere and got them all individually and like from the section where they're not in a bag. No. But no. no, They put them in a nice bag <laughs> labeled for my convenience. Uh, it's the Southern Greens blend <laughs> from Trader Joe's.
2: Okay. And so what I
3: did is like I um I took a some onions and some drippings from uh, turkey legs that I made last week. And I sauteed the onions in that. And then I used that to, um, I didn't like fully soften them, but like I softened the onions a little bit. And then I added the greens to wilt them. And I kind of stir fried that Mm -hmm. for a couple minutes. And then I added some chicken stock, some seasonings, um, a turkey leg bone and a little leftover turkey meat. uh, And simmered that for a while until it got nice and soft. Um, And it's super yummy. Is Naima a fan of the greens? Does she like the greens? You know what's funny? I grew up... See, there's a win. (laughs) I grew up, yes. So, like, I did not enjoy greens of any sort. Like, I could tolerate spinach, but collards, kale, any of that, I didn't start eating until I was a grown woman. Like, I had a college roommate who taught me how to stir fry greens, and it completely, with liquid aminos, and it completely changed my thoughts on them, because I'd only had them the traditional way, my mom was not making the best greens in the world, you know? And so now that I know how to make them a few ways, like this is my first, like I made some for new year's and then they were really good. And so I tried it again. This is only my second time making it this way. Mm -hmm. I usually do just kind of like stir fry it. I guess you could say like, I just cook it, you know, that way. This is my first time like adding stock and letting it simmer. It's really good. And I'm obsessed with, I think I mentioned this before, but like the Turkey parts. So I'm constantly cooking or like just, Poultry parts because we had duck yeah. for New Year's and so I have leftover duck carcass and duck fat and like that's going to be a duck soup and I've got um, you know I use the turkey fat and bone for the turkey uh, for the greens but cooking with my drippings has made everything so good. it like, makes the best mm-hmm. broth?
1: We try to use ours the bones too for the broth mm-hmm. and it just is so much richer than anything you can get in the store. <laughs>
2: Well, that sounds delicious.
1: Zach, how about you?
2: Okay, so I'll do a, a little triumph in the, in the wake of uh, the, the month that we've spent at home together. Um, we, it was a 22-day quarantine. You know, our quarantine ended like the day before the CDC changed their guidelines. And uh, we made the most of it. It was pretty cozy. I mean, very exhausting and monotonous and tedious and fun. But the, the triumph here is that my wife had a lot of time off work and took took a lot of time off work. Her clinic was closed for some time. So we were both home and we were very explicit in giving each other a sleep in every other day. So mm, my son awesome. has been sleeping poorly. Even my four-year-old Noah, she's been like getting up randomly in the middle of the night too. And so because neither of us had to be at work in the morning, it was like one of us was on duty and we were very clear about it which we hadn't been up to this point because usually we have to be somewhere in the morning. Um, So it was like one of us got to like sleep till nine uh, every other day. And that was...
1: Life changing. Decadent. (laughs) I bet.
2: Even though we were like still up many, several times throughout the night, just being able just to sit in bed and just like zone out. And there's something, don't tell my wife I'm saying this, but like just something about like hearing her (laughs) downstairs dealing with the kids in the morning. And I'm just... I'm just laying back, but I'm not going to feel bad about that because I did it the following day, but um, just getting a little bit of, that was like our vacation, you know, like the 6am to 9pm sleeping every other day. That was our, that was our Christmas break and it was a small triumph.
1: That's that's a a huge parenting triumph and relationship triumph. (laughs) Like who thought the
3: greatest gift you could be given were those couple hours in the morning?
2: (laughs) Yeah, essential. Those morning hours essential. are, yeah,
3: I've been lucky that since my mom has been here, her name, are early risers, and I am not, they allow for it, you know, they're okay with it, they've got mm-hmm. their things that they do, and they're happy together, like, so I've had a little bit of a break, so I can speak to the sleeping until nine Me- is a reset. Those are the
1: mm-hmm. best sleeping hours, right? I'm also, Seven like, nine. I can yeah. stay up all night. There is something about, like, yes, from, like, 6.30 to 9. So good. I swear I sleep the best. It
3: just feels the best. So much better. When you can look at a clock (laughs) at 6 o'clock and know you have more, like, a significant amount of time. That you're not like, oh, I've got 30 minutes. That you're like, oh, I've got three more hours. Yes. (laughs)
2: Let's all just go take a nap. Let's put the show on pause for a minute. Um. Okay, now it's time for our first listener question. It's being read, as always, by the amazing Shasha Leonard.
0: Hey, Mom and Dad. I just got married, and now I'm lucky enough to be the bonus mom to an almost 16-year-old daughter. She and I have a great and positive relationship. I just continue to have this weird thing about how am I supposed to greet her? Every time my husband comes home, or vice versa, we hug and we kiss and we say hello. And whenever she's sitting there, I feel like, there's something I should do to acknowledge her, but she's not a very touchy-feely person. She doesn't really hug, and she prefers that I don't touch her, and we've kind of discussed that. But I can't help but feel like I'm kind of leaving her out and not acknowledging that I'm happy to see her. Any ideas on how to greet her in our day-in and day-out life? Thanks for your time. Love the show. Lovey-dovey stepmom.
3: So as a mom to a daughter who has a stepmom, I know that things can be somewhat complicated, I think, for everyone to navigate when you have that setup, right? That there's the parent and the step parent and the child and maybe, you know, with these people all being of the same gender, right? Mother daughter stuff, it gets it can get a little dicey. I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. the situation here. If you all have like full-time custody to your uh, stepdaughter or if, because you actually say you're the bonus mom to a 16-year-old daughter. So um, that might be it. Um, I don't know what her relationship to her mother is, but it is likely a factor to some extent when it comes to her hesitancy here. It could be that that's just not how she interacts um with people in her life that she's just never been a touchy-feely sort of person uh as you say and that's just not who she is and she didn't grow up cuddling her parents or wanting to you know be um that kind of little girl and that's followed her through teenagehood it could be that she's Missing her mother or that she, you know, has um, in the past had somebody else who played this role and that person is no longer here. And so now she's trying to grapple with you being there. Um, But I think looking for that kind of physical thing to be happening so soon is just not realistic. Like you have to build with somebody to get to a point where you want to kiss or hug them at the end of a long Mm -hmm. day like i understand that it may be awkward and perhaps um you and your husband could have the kiss and hello when your daughter goes to the bathroom or something you know what i mean like maybe you just come in the house and just say hi as opposed to making a grand physical gesture towards him, which highlights the fact that you don't have one for her, nor should you because she's a not touchy feely teenager who doesn't know you like that yet. Or if she does know you like that, oh no, you just got married, I don't know. How long have you, you, there's a lot you should have told us, man. How long have you been in this girl's life? I know you just got married, but like, did you just come to her? Because you could have been dating for 10 years you know, and, and not known her at all, or you could have been around for quite some time and just jumped the room. But either way, uh, you can't force something that's not there. You know, I think that bringing down the spectacle with dad and just like say, you can still have that moment with him when you get, when whomever gets home. I just don't think he needs to be like right there in plain sight of her. Because again, that kind of does maybe put a, spotlight on the fact that it seems something should happen between you and I but it's not happening but you know if you're like no it would just be too weird for me to come in and not do that then just you know warmly tell her that you're happy to see her and ask her how her day was you know i think as long as you're engaging her in this process of coming home and and dealing with everybody it's not like you're just skipping over her you're just not giving her a hug and a kiss because that's just not how the two of you all do with each other, and that's okay.
1: It sounds like she is a very, like, personal, like, touch is her love language, and mm-hmm. I can completely understand how maybe from her view, like, if she was somewhere and someone who she was in a relationship with got a you know big hug and then she didn't get one she would feel very left out but i think what this letter writer needs to do is put herself in the place of her you know almost 16 year old stepdaughter and and say she has set this boundary which is that she doesn't like to be touched respecting a boundary is a way to show love I think also if you can figure out—you know, I'm a huge fan of the love languages in dealing with my children. And so if you can figure out what her love language is, that will speak so much more than giving your love Mm -hmm. language to someone who has told you that's not their (laughs) love language. So I'm just thinking, like, if it's—you know, if she's a words of affirmation person— Try to say something really nice to her every time she comes in or compliment something she's wearing or something she did. You can show her love that way. If she is like a gifts person, um, try to make sure that you have, you know, a her favorite kind of tea or her, you know, whatever that is, her favorite snacks and offer when you get home. Hey, if she's coming home, can I fix you something like whatever those ways to make her feel loved? I don't necessarily know that this greeting is is the problem. Like um, if you're feeling like that relationship is distant, I think Jamila's advice is, yeah, it should be kind of distant. This is something new, whether you've been together For a long time, this now we're married and you're here in however often that is, is new and it's going to take some time to figure it out. But I guess I just don't feel like you have to do the same thing (laughs) to her that you would do to someone else who loves to be just because you love to hug and to be touchy doesn't necessarily mean that's what she needs. So I would just try to figure out what what it is that you can tell when you do really makes her feel loved is it acts of service whatever that is and and try to do that otherwise i think like if you're in a room and and two people who know each other really well give each other a hug and are all excited then they say you know like oh i'm so glad you're here i don't at least i don't feel like sl- slighted you know i think just making sure you're acknowledging her and not just walking in the door (laughs) faster, like, oh, honey, I'm so glad to see you. Oh, yeah, you're here too, right? It doesn't sound like you're Mm -hmm. that kind of person. So I just think you've put a lot of stock in this very small thing when what you can really be doing is figuring out, like, how do I invest in this person and show her my love in a way that she receives it, not necessarily in the way that I give it. I don't know.
2: 100%. Yeah, I was going to say both of those things and you two said it much better than I could. So I think in summary earn her trust and, you know, kind of evolve the relationship and learn her love language. It's it's, the love languages are a key to amazing uh, growing relationships. And I mean, it could be lovey dovey, stepmom, as simple as you bringing the question you brought to us to your stepdaughter and just like talking about it and and being vulnerable and being like, you know, I love, you know, I love I love affection, but like, you know, what are you thinking about all this? I want I want our relationship to be great and comfortable. How could I make it more comfortable for you?
1: Yeah, I like the idea of asking her. Like, she's 16. I think it's okay to be a little awkward and be like, hey, I've perceived this as a awkward situation when I come home. What can I do to make you feel included? You know, and she may say, I feel inc- like I'm 16. Leave me alone. <laughs> I feel included.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I remember what it was like to be a teenager and have adults like genuinely ask me like what I thought and what I needed. And it's so helpful. Like the 16 year old is not a kid anymore and and she can she can tell you what she wants or doesn't want. So, um, you know, nurture nurture that that relationship with her um, through whatever she feels comfortable with, whatever language that is. So lovey dovey stepmom, we hope this helps. Everyone else, if you have a parenting question, drop us a line. Email us at slate.com. There is no question too big or too small.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. And now, get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC Terms and Conditions Supply.
1: Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan... We help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts.
2: With confidence having solved that last dilemma, we move on to question number two. Take it away, Shasha.
0: Dear mom and dad, I have three-year-old twins. One of the twins, C, spent... 2020 in and out of the hospital, getting tests and procedures done. A lot. Then she ended up having brain surgery in March and has had a lot of procedures that have preceded and followed that. She is also in physical therapy. We have two older boys and they both have speech therapy. The other twin, A, is in fact the only one that hasn't needed speech or physical therapy or MRIs, etc., etc., etc. The list goes on. Now, we don't usually make a big deal about these things, but occasionally the medically complex twin has been given things by the children's hospital that her twin understands quite well she got for going to the doctor. In hindsight, I probably should have refused these things and asked in advance that they not be brought in without telling me. But hindsight is twenty twenty, right? We are now in the position that A. often says she has the hiccups and needs to see the doctor, or simply forces a cough. Or says she has an injury and that she needs to see the doctor. This is happening at least daily. I have no idea what to do here. The massive amounts of doctor's appointments and procedures has actually traumatized her. And her twin sister is begging for it. I know she really just wants the attention her twin gets. But even special one-on-one time hasn't made a difference. What do you all think? How do I fill whatever bucket that she has that needs filling? And how do I do it without causing the same problem in her siblings because they see me spending special time or taking her or whatever that they don't get to do? Help. Catch-22, Mom.
1: So, first of all, Catch-22, Mom. Take a deep breath. You are an amazing mom. You are doing, like, extra parenting above and beyond what... Uh, like a lot of parents are are called to do or have to do. And so I hope that first, instead of beating yourself up and feeling like I have to get all of this perfect, that you can just take a deep breath and be like, we're all here and I'm managing everything and that is OK. Like your kids are all going to be fine um, emotionally about this. Right. You You have to worry about the medical stuff. I totally get that. I um, really want to recommend, even though there are only three therapy, There, it is very common to have siblings of medically complex children in therapy. We have had similar issues with all of Henry's um, medical things, and then Oliver has some speech therapy and, and physical therapy, and so we have had them at times in therapy designed specifically for siblings of medical complex kids. Um, That's been play therapy for the younger ones. And it is a great way to bring someone onto your team to help deal with all of this. You may also need therapy for the purpose of nothing other than I have to do this extra parenting, which is having a child that's having brain surgery, having a child that's in these other therapies, and then having a child at home that doesn't need any of those medical things. And there there are therapists who do just that. So I'm going to recommend that both for you and um, for your kids. It really does help. It is not... These are the kind of things, too, that you can go for a month or two and and then sit it out and then go back. Like, all of these therapists understand that there's not a lot of extra time for these, these therapies and sessions. And so they are... They can kind of be broken down in these chunks. The other thing that we have done is that I have just told myself that essentially what each kid needs is not always equal and fair and that is okay and that is something in life um we have done this every time henry goes for infusions you know is in the hospital that's exactly it the children's hospitals provide lots of wonderful gifts and i feel like that is a small thing he gets while he's doing you know while he's in this procedure and to take that away from him just because i'm worried that one of his brothers may get jealous we just talk about it. I I say all the time, it must be very frustrating, you know, to you, Oliver, to you, Teddy, that Henry comes home with new Legos or that you were with a friend because all of us had to be at the hospital. I think that the more you can make that part of this conversation, um, the better. I think ask your friends for help in providing this special time and and. This would be an issue. I I think, yes, this is specific to this medical need, but we also see this a lot with a child who is like gifted at a particular sport or piano and we're always there, you know, supporting those needs. Um, I don't think it's that unique in that not all children need the same things at the same time. There will be a time when this other child needs you way more and you will be putting the other kids on the back burner. So I think, you know, continue to do the one-on-one time. Um continue to just talk about it and acknowledge, especially when they're saying I want to go to the doctor, say I, you know, one asking to go to the doctor is serious. We go when there's a serious problem. Your sister had a serious problem, you know, however you want to handle that. But I think saying, what I hear when you say that is that you're feeling jealous, and I completely get it. You're absolutely right. You, you know, you're you from your perspective, we go with your sister, and we go to this place, and we come back with toys. And I understand to a three-year-old how that makes them feel jealous. But I, I just think this is a really good life lesson. It sucks she has to learn it at three. Um, but her likely, this is a fact of her life. Like, this scenario, this medical situation may not resolve itself. And so she will always be the twin to a medically complex child. And that is something you have to start dealing with now. So I say... It's accept the toys. It's okay that it's not equal. And, and, you know, continue to to love all of your children in the way that they need loved in the in the ways that you can.
3: I don't really have anything to add. Uh, For anyone who reads Karen Feeding, uh, you know, probably by now I'm a big proponent of therapy. And that's exactly what I had in mind. Um, I think it's a great time to start. You know, um, these kids are already having these other forms of therapy anyway, and they've got a lot to cope with. Um, and I think, uh, a professional will obviously be able to, or ideally would be able to help you, um, get through your little one's mind, what Elizabeth, um, was saying about, Yes, it's frustrating that your sibling is coming home with Legos, but, you know, there's a reason for that. And that's not going to change. So how do we cope with those feelings? Um, I think getting some support for you as well would be ideal.
1: I feel like a lot of time these parents will say that there's like not really time
3: for them to go to therapy. I think finding time for therapy is critical. You know, I understand that there are people who literally just have every possible boundary between them and sitting down with somebody for 45 minutes to an hour, once a month or once a week, you know, like, but there are also a number of ways to get therapy in your life. There are apps, there's teletherapy. It's easier than ever before, you know, to find somebody who can give you some support. And if you're, you know, your little ones are not well, um, I can't imagine dealing with these sort of medical situations without having the support of a therapist. And so I would I would strongly recommend that you, if you haven't already, prioritize making time for that.
2: You both are, are right on. And um, Elizabeth, I know you have a lot of lived experience and wisdom around this. Um, and I know I've brought this up before, but Doc McStuffins, mm-hmm. the Disney show, I think is so excellent. And I wonder if we got... Um, we got Noah a, a doctor kit when she was three, and I think it helped with both normalizing the the medical experience and going to the doctor and stuff. But it also gave her a sense of agency, wherein she could treat her stuffed animals or like treat herself with her with her toys, her you know fake syringe and and stethoscope and and lab coat and stuff. So I I don't know if this would help at all, but perhaps uh, a set of of kids doctor tools for the three-year-old that isn't spending much time with the doctor, but you're kind of bringing the doctor home to them and, and kind of letting them have some kind of experience with, the, with those tools, um, whatever it is. Um, so that, that might be a shot in the dark. But I love that. I think that's a great idea.
1: I, I love this idea of this child is asked, you know, it's something that they're not necessarily getting, but having them be an agent of this role play, even with their own tools or checking out the things like, well, why do you need to go to the doctor? Let's check out, you know, how is your animal feeling? Like it, using play as a way to break through that. And yeah, I think like, especially at three, I didn't really think about this, like the doc McStuffins or any of that, because uh, also some idea of what's happening at the doctor, like this, this three-year-old that's not going, doesn't understand what a hospital stay is. They don't understand what an MRI is it? Nor do they really mm-hmm. need to, right? Like, you shouldn't traumatize the other twin just because one is having medical procedures. But I, I, think giving them some context is a really, a really good idea.
2: And and watching the show, um, along with that, it's on Disney Plus. This is not a plug for Disney Plus or Doc McStuffins, <laughs> um, but it is. I guess it is a plug for Doc McStuffins.
3: Definitely a plug for Doc McStuffins. We love, Doc yeah, hundred yes. percent.
2: We listen to that to the soundtrack a lot too. It's quite I good. I only know
3: the time for your checkup song.
1: There, there, oh, cause she has a song for like, oh, e- there's e- a whole e- album. Sing, that's right. Oh, love it.
2: So keep up the good work. Catch 22 mom. You're doing amazing. And we hope we gave you some ideas and we would really love to hear if any of them work for you. For the rest of our listeners, you can email us at momanddad at slate.com with any type of parenting question you have. Okay, it's finally time for recommendations. This is where we tell you about something we are currently enjoying. Jamila, want to go first?
0: Nope. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'll go.
3: Nope. I'll go. Indeed, I do not. (laughs) Actually, I'm going to recommend those greens because they're amazing. Because that was my recommendation until I used it for my tryout. That's okay. I would like to recommend the Trader Joe's Southern Greens blend that I mentioned earlier. It is life-changing. It's so good. team greens let's start the year off well eating our greens because eating greens is good for you not to lose weight just because greens are amazing and they're good for you not that you have an abundance of
1: time in your life but sometime will you just like publish on your newsletter your trader joe's grocery list
3: (laughs) (laughs) i i probably could because i like I cook with like the same five ingredients. It's pathetic. But yes, one, I would love day, to get
1: that in my inbox. But like I said, you know,
3: <laughs> one day I'll pull it together and do a list of like my fun, pa- my fun pantry staples. Because I don't think I'm the best cook. I just think I've landed on a few pantry staples like miso. yeah, that you like just the like fermented garlic from Trader Joe's. That's a bonus recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> the fermented garlic from Trader Joe's. It's amazing. Hmm. It's so good.
2: What do you do with it?
3: I've been putting it in everything. I've been putting it in all my poultry and my veggies. It's just really good. See, that's the kind of stuff we need to know.
2: (laughs) Yes. What about you, Elizabeth?
1: Well, over the the break, we had um, Henry recovering from his tonsillectomy, and he had some um, more infusions, so we were hitting the podcasts hard, and so I tried out with all of the kids the two new podcasts from Tinkercast, who does Wow in the World, who we are huge fans of, but they have two new ones. One is called How to Be an Earthling, which is kind of like kids environmental stewardship podcast Um, really fun these two aliens trying to kind of learn about how the earth works and it is amazing that is definitely like Henry likes it but the other two are super into it and then we also um, tried out who win wow which is um, a podcast about amazing people for kids and it's super fun and kind of all acted out and I would say like of the first six episodes I think there were only two people that I'd ever heard of before so that's Super fun too like they're not just hitting your you know, I, I think they're not doing any like no American presidents, none of that but trying to really focus on people that kids would find really cool that are doing amazing things, musicians, magicians, um, like d- people that have fought for different things and and bringing their their lives to life on on the radio. it's really cool. So I would definitely check out those two podcasts with your kids. Both are ones that I enjoyed listening to as well. and that's how to be an Earthling and who win Wow.
2: Nice uh my recommendation is for all of us who are feeling like there is just no g d time uh for ourselves anymore, especially you know we're working at home, we're parenting at home, we're doing everything at home. Take yourself out on a solo date. Tell your partner that if this is something that that sounds like compelling that that would help you out, Tell your partner this is what I need, and take yourself out on a date. Uh, There aren't, I don't know how you're doing with um, COVID wherever you are, but like I've, I went to the movies a couple times over break, late night showings where I knew there wouldn't be many people or any people in the screening. So I took myself out to see Licorice Pizza, the new Pizza Anderson film the other night. And it was just majestic. I, I, I loved it. And it's just an opportunity for you just to take a breath and kind of remember what life is like on the outside and uh, just treat yourself. I think we all need it. We definitely
3: it. all need that. <laughs> I'm such a proponent of a solo date. I had to do the artist way in college. I never finished the entire book. I've recently rebought it and I recently flopped it again. But yeah. the artist Art dates date. were yes. always a treat. And I, I, it got me in the habit of like going out by myself. Um, and I've been doing it ever since.
1: This is something I'm terrible at. Like I, I I just always feel like I should take a kid with me, you know, like, I mean, I didn't use prior to kids. I would go do things on my own all the time, but now it just feels like I should go do things. Or like, if I'm out, should I be spending, you know, I'm an extrovert. Like, should I be spending my time with other people? Um, but I,
2: but what do you want, Elizabeth?
1: Yeah, no, I, exactly. Exactly. I should give it a try. Maybe not by next week, but you guys can hold me accountable
3: i will definitely hold yeah. you accountable to yeah. that yeah. So- solo time is so important and not just like oh i went to target like right. real solo time doing something for pleasure mm-hmm. by yourself even if it's only every once in a while it's important
2: yeah it's gonna fill fill your parenting cup back up all right that's it for our show before you go please subscribe to the show and leave us a review on apple or spotify which now has reviews wow i didn't know that if you have a question for us, email us at momanddad@slate.com or post it to the Slate Parenting Facebook group. Just search for Slate Parenting. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson for Jamila Lemieux and Elizabeth Newcamp. I'm Zach Rosen. Thanks for listening.